Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Law of One series, episode four. And in today's video, we're gonna be talking about the science of demons as described in the Law of One. And as always, if you haven't watched the previous episodes in this series yet, then I wouldn't even bother watching this video because each video in this series kind of builds upon the previous one. And so if you haven't set that foundation for what we're gonna be talking about today, then you'll probably have a difficult time keeping track with some of this information. So to make your life easier, I'll put a little card for you right here. So we've talked about the concept of a social memory complex a few times already in this series, which Ra explains is basically the joining or merging of individual consciousness into group consciousness, which takes place at higher density levels of evolution. Now, last week we talked about the concept of angels and archangels as being positive social memory complexes. And in this video, we're gonna talk about the difference on the negative path. I'm also gonna explain one of the most misunderstood topics in all of religion and spirituality, which is demonic possession. But first, let's go ahead and build the foundation for how a demonic entity is created. So as I said in last week's video, Ra explains that in order for a being to graduate to a fourth density negative incarnation after death, they have to first be polarized 95% or more to the negative path. And to give you an idea of just how difficult this is, there's one passage where Ra actually names a couple of historical figures that we know of who did graduate to fourth density negative. Ra states that two historical figures we know of who graduated to fourth density negative are Rasputin and Genghis Khan. Gregory Rasputin was born in Russia in the late 1800s. He was a self-proclaimed holy man who practiced dark magic and attempted to become a monk, but was refused by the clergy. Rasputin believed that the only way to reach God was through sinful actions. He adopted the robes of a monk and traveled the country sinning to his heart's content, killing, stealing, and raping. As you can imagine, he gained many enemies and was even poisoned with cyanide on two occasions, but survived both times. Eventually, he was shot, stabbed, and drowned in the Neva River. Genghis Khan was one of the most evil psychopathic humans who's ever lived. He spent almost his entire adult life killing, raping, and pillaging around the world, conquering over 11 million square miles of land, more than twice as much territory as any other human who's ever lived. He raped so many thousands of women that a 2003 study revealed that 16 million humans alive today are direct descendants of Genghis Khan. He would notoriously slaughter huge portions of the population of whatever nation he conquered and use the remaining portion of survivors as human shields in battle. He also murdered his own brother and his own best friend. So needless to say, in order to graduate to fourth density negative, you basically can't have any heart left in you at all. Ra explains that this is because the negative entity skips over the green ray energy center as it sees love as basically useless and seeks to learn the lessons of wisdom from the blue ray chakra and the psychic powers from the indigo ray while using the red, orange, and yellow rays as primal energy for control and domination. All higher density beings can read the energy signatures of any entity they encounter, and so because negative entities are without green ray energy, they are very sensitive to it and typically stay far away from any entity who shows an active green ray energy center. Love is the great foe of the negative path. 
Because the positive being has access to the full spectrum of energy centers, their auras are typically seen as white radiant light. But the negative entity, lacking the green ray energy center, shows an aura of a more orange, yellow, or red concentration. One last interesting tidbit is that apparently the negative path cannot polarize past early sixth density. Eventually, all negative entities concede to the positive path and reverse their polarity in order to continue their own evolution. Because of this, Ra explains that there are actually no negatively oriented higher selves. In session 36, Ra states, quote, There are no negative beings which have attained the oversoul manifestation, which is the honor duty of late sixth density, as you would term it in your time measurements. These negatively oriented mind-body-spirit complexes have a difficulty which to our knowledge has never been overcome. For after fifth density graduation, further wisdom is available but must be matched with an equal amount of love. This love light is very, very difficult to achieve in unity when following the negative path, and during the earlier part of the sixth density, society complexes of the negative orientation will choose to release the potential and leap into sixth density positive. The nature of the negative path is that of being the perfect opposite of the positive path. So instead of harmony, it is the path of disharmony. Instead of unity, it is the path of discord. Instead of being built on love, it is built on fear, and so forth. These characteristics are very difficult to polarize with because they run in direct opposition to the One Creator's essential nature. The One Creator's nature is, of course, oneness, which implies love and harmony and unity. And so these characteristics are very difficult to achieve evolution through and require much more effort because by their very nature, they are characteristics that require high entropy. However, the negative path is still equally honored by the positive path as being one possible expression of the creator. And in a very real metaphysical way, the negative path does serve a helpful purpose in giving us contrast to know what the creator is like by demonstrating what the creator is not like. And for this reason, truly negatively polarized beings are quite rare in the universe, and becoming one is an impressive feat in and of itself. Any soul which has attained fourth density incarnation on the negative path is what we would call in religious mythology, a demon. But these are just souls like you and I, who are simply farther down their evolutionary path and have chosen the path of darkness rather than the path of light. So if you ever do meet a demon, the appropriate response might actually be to give it a little round of applause and say, wow, bro, you are seriously committed. I admire your work ethic. Ra states that these demonic entities also find their own channelers that they can communicate with and disseminate their laws of the service to self path and hopefully make more recruits. And so these demonic entities will, as Ra states, quote, answer the calling of any suppliant neophyte asking for aid in negative understanding. <laughs> That's Ra for you, always so polite. A less polite translation might read, happily enslave any Dumbo stupid enough to summon evil spirits. So according to Ra, the ancient myth is actually true that demons do look for people practicing dark magic and summoning evil spirits. Because polarization is so difficult on the negative path, 
negative entities are all too eager to come to the aid of anyone who would call them. Also interestingly, Ross states that most negative entities are actually stunningly beautiful to look at. And this is because the nature of the negative path is to see yourself as separate and therefore be heavily identified with appearances. But all higher density beings inhabit bodies of light, which they can control and manipulate to appear however they wish. And so Ra states that most negative entities choose to appear as beings that are very beautiful and mysterious. But what they can't disguise is that fearful and discordant presence that is the trademark of all negative entities. So in summary, demons are not actually ugly looking pig monsters and orcs from Lord of the Rings, but probably something more like Angelina Jolie from Maleficent. So now let's talk a little bit about the dynamics of a negative social memory complex and how they function differently from the positive path. The nature of a negative social memory complex is that of tyranny, control, and enslavement. Ra explains that a negative social memory complex begins when one negative entity, usually of fifth or sixth density, begins to recruit and enslave other negative entities of lesser polarization than itself. These entities join together to help one another further polarize by spreading the service to self path and making more recruits for the group. Ra states that it functions exactly like any militaristic dictatorship that we see on our planet. Although every entity in the group wants the ultimate position of power for themselves, the group serves both sides mutually as the master entity becomes more polarized due to the enslavement of others and the lower entities gain from the wisdom of the master entity as well as further polarization by carrying out the master's bidding. The master entity becomes a source of envy and inspiration for the others, which further motivates them to polarize in a level of dedication that they wouldn't have on their own. If any of the enslaved entities choose to disobey or even fail to complete the tasks that they're given, the master entity can unleash all kinds of psychic torment upon them in order to keep them in line. Ra explains that at some point, a power struggle will ensue where one entity who has gained enough power will challenge the master entity in an attempt to overthrow them and a battle will ensue. The negative path is that of entropy, meaning that it is always breaking down and becoming less organized due to the lack of harmony within the group. Since the negative social memory complex is much more rare than the positive, it doesn't have as much of a traditional name in religious mythology, such as archangels do. But it is most notably known or referred to as legion in many religious scriptures. One place we see a negative social memory complex in scripture is in the Gospel of Mark chapter 5, where Jesus encounters a demon-possessed man who the passage says lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him with shackles and chains because he would wrench the chains apart and break the shackles into pieces. Jesus asks the man what his name is, and the man replies, My name is Legion, for we are many. This is because it is a negative social memory complex who had possessed this person. The story says that they begged Jesus not to torment them, but to cast them instead into a herd of pigs. So this brings me to the topic of demonic possession. Now, most people typically believe that when a negative entity possesses someone, that they basically go and live inside their body and control them like something out of Resident Evil. But Ra explains that negative entities cannot create anything in you, 
They can only manipulate distortions which are already present. And this is why angels cannot be possessed and are basically impervious to negative attacks because their consciousness is already perfectly balanced and crystallized. So any negative imbalances that you have, a demon can basically scan your mind and see any entry points that it might have available to it. Whether that's you struggling with anger or depression or anxiety or fear, any of these imbalances can become the entry point that a negative entity uses to gain influence in your mind. A negative entity does not even want to live inside someone's body and follow them around all day because they have much bigger fish to fry elsewhere. What they actually do is to treat you like a sort of fishing hole that they can just return to whenever they want. And so what they do is to place an anchor point in your mind through some kind of tormenting thought because they know that this person probably doesn't have enough control over their own mind to know how to overcome this thought. And so they know that it's just gonna continue to grow and fester over time as this person keeps giving it attention. And as this process plays out, the demon gains more and more influence over their consciousness. This is the same idea as how scientists can actually continue to feed lab rats little bits of poison in their food every day, and the rats will just keep eating it until they eventually die. These beings are operating on much higher levels of consciousness than we are currently, and so they have access to understanding about psychic powers that we have no concept of. So trying to beat a demonic entity at its own game is a very foolish endeavor. To give you a personal story on this, I grew up in an evangelical church and I've actually seen a demonic possessed person manifest with my own two eyes. We used to have these really incredible worship services at my church and during one of these services, an older lady in the audience stood up and began thrashing around and screaming violently. Her voice changed, her demeanor changed, and it literally took four grown men to restrain her. And as a kid, I remember watching this and being extremely confused and simultaneously terrified. So they brought this lady to a back room with a group of church pastors to try and cast the demon out of her. And they said that they spent the next eight hours straight praying and rebuking this demon before it finally came out. They said that it was just mocking them and swearing at them and intimidating them the entire time. They were screaming Bible verses at it, they were commanding it to come out in the name of Jesus, they were rebuking it, calling it names, cursing it, come out of her you foul beast from the abyss, and all kinds of other aggressive tactics that don't work. This is actually what the demon wants because by behaving in such a way that causes the pastors to react with anger and fear. It is actually depolarizing them and therefore strengthening itself. But if they had simply given this negative entity love and compassion, then it would have been gone in the blink of an eye. Because as I stated earlier, negative entities are extremely protective in preserving their polarity. Because negative polarity is so difficult to come by, every precaution necessary is taken in order to keep from losing it. And so because of this, just like any good school bully, they only pick fights with entities that they believe don't know how to defend themselves. This also explains the phenomenon of haunted houses. We already know that emotional energy can affect physical matter through many scientific studies such as the water crystal experiments of Dr. Masaru Emoto. Energy cannot be created or destroyed, it simply has to go somewhere. 
So if some intensely negative event happens in a room, like a murder for example, the energetic output of both individuals involved is so intense that it acts as a kind of energetic bomb that goes off in the room. The energy goes into the walls, into the ceiling, into the furniture. And this negative energy will continue to radiate in this room until it is cleansed or reversed by a positive polarity. And so this kind of environment is very conducive to negative entities because it makes controlling and manipulating others in this environment much easier due to the negative orientation. So Ra explains that any space which has been negatively influenced in this manner should be spiritually cleansed before living in it. Otherwise, it is very likely that you will continue to experience psychic attacks from negative visitors. During the second half of the Law of One sessions, Carla the Channeler was undergoing a psychic attack from a very advanced 5th density negative entity. When Dawn asked about the nature of the attack, Ra explained that this negative entity was basically seeking to end the contact by causing Carla to have pain flares in her arthritis whenever she would channel Ra. Because Carla already had many health problems, this negative entity was able to manipulate them whenever Carla was channeling in order to motivate her to stop channeling Ra. When Dawn asks Ra how to combat this negative entity, Ra begins to teach them that they must be true to their polarity by offering service to their negative companion through sending them love and light. And in doing this, it will depolarize them and cause them to leave. And this is probably my favorite passage in the entire Law of One because for whatever reason, Don seems to have a difficult time understanding this concept at first because it is a bit counterintuitive. And so he says, okay, so you're saying that I need to offer service to my negative companion by sending them love and light? Am I understanding this correctly? And Ra says, this is correct. And there is great humor in your attempts to be of service to the opposite polarity. <laughs> Ra's like, ah, oh, so cute when you try. So in closing, your protection against negative entities is simply to feel love for them. See them as an extension of yourself. Somebody that simply went down the wrong path and wound up where they are now. This is a being that lives in almost constant suffering and turmoil, sort of like a strung out drug addict living in a back alley. Only their drug of choice is fear, greed, and hatred. I like to imagine that this is somebody that I love from the future, such as my mom or my sister, who simply went down the wrong road many lifetimes ago, and now they're doomed to this terrible existence. So wouldn't you feel compassion for them then? This is your protection against all darkness and fear, and the shield through which no evil thing can ever penetrate. If you can just do as Jesus said and love even your enemies, then any negative entity that would seek to disturb you may as well be on the opposite side of the galaxy. As Ra so eloquently states in one passage, love is the strongest magic in the universe. I'll leave you with one final passage from Ra. Don asks Ra about a seeming paradox to the fact that this negative entity that is trying to stop the contact is just as much the creator as Ra is who is giving the contact. And so Don says, it appears as if the creator is requesting two opposite services from us. Can you help me solve this paradox? And this is Ra's response. Consider, if you will, 
that you have no ability not to serve the Creator, since all is the Creator. There is one vast penelope of biases and distortions, colors and hues, in an unending pattern. In the case of those with whom you, as individuals and as a group, are not in resonance, you wish them love, light, peace, joy, and bid them well. No more than this can you do, for your portion of the Creator is as it is, and your experience and offering of experience, to be valuable, needs to be more and more a perfect representation of who you truly are. Could you, then, serve a negative entity by offering the instrument's life? It is unlikely that you would find this a true service. Thus, you may see in many cases the loving balance being achieved, the love being offered, light being sent, and the service to self-oriented entity gratefully acknowledged while being rejected as not being useful in your journey at this time. Thus you serve one creator without paradox.